I thought I was hallucinating. I thought I was hallucinating that this guy, Jack Del Rio, is in so much trouble for what you're about to hear him say. Now, I didn't know who he was until just a few days ago, an assistant coach, the defensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. He's been in football for a long time. He used to play, he coached, he was a head coach. Now he's uh, on the staff of the Washington Commanders. A lot of people are talking about January 6th still. Some have pointed out, you know, if we're going to look at January 6th, maybe all those riots we had in 2020. Anyway, he made that observation on Twitter and uh, people didn't like it. So he came out to explain himself and matters got worse. What he says right here has him now in serious trouble, possibly fighting for his job. And he just got severely punished. Take a look. I'm just expressing myself, and uh, I think we all as Americans have the right to express ourselves, especially if you're being respectful. I'm being respectful. I just asked a simple question, really. Did I? Let's get right down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. Why are we not looking into those things? If we're going to talk about it, why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say I can realistically look at it i see the images on tv people's livelihoods are being destroyed businesses are being burned down no problem and then we have a dust up at the capitol well there's nothing burned down and we're not going to talk about we're going to make that a major deal i just think it kind of two standards and if we apply the same standard and we're going to be reasonable with each other let's have a discussion that's all it was Let's have a discussion. We're Americans. Let's talk it through. I'm for, I'm for us, you know, having a great opportunity to have a fulfilled life. Uh, like I said, every, way, every which way I can, when I'm here, it's about love and respect. I love it. I love this guy. What a beautiful statement. That statement cost him $100,000. He was just fined $100,000 for what he said just there. You know what I mean about the hallucination part? Now, by the way, he already apologized, even though he had nothing to apologize for, had to put out a lengthy apology, uh, but that didn't seem good enough. The NAACP came out and said, this guy must be fired. The NAACP, uh, it's time for Jack Del Rio to resign or be terminated. His comments could not have been more offensive and ignorant What are they talking about? And then his boss, the head coach of the Washington Commanders, comes out today with this. As we saw last night at the hearings, what happened on the Capitol on January 6, 2021, was an act of domestic terrorism. A group of citizens attempted to overturn the results of a free and fair election. Hey, excuse me for a second. This guy's a football coach. Why is he talking about this? He's taking a partisan position. It gets worse. Keep going. Uh, Our organization will not tolerate any equivalency between those who demanded justice in the wake of George Floyd's murder and the actions of those on January 6th who sought to topple our government. Um, The hearings were last night. Very, very controversial. From what I know of the commanders, they're not such a hot football team. Maybe the head coach should be reviewing tape, uh, figuring out the plays for next season, rather than watching this nonsense. What Del Rio said, by the way, is a totally legitimate point to make. 
We had one riot on January 6th. We all saw the country burn down for three months. Nobody seemed to mind. It was glorified by Democrats, sanctified by Democrats. This is crazy, crazy stuff. And they fined him $100,000 for that. All right, maybe we missed something, all right? Did he, did, he, did he say the F word in the middle of that statement? I mean, I gotta hear it one more time. $100,000 for this, listen. I'm just expressing myself. And uh, I think we all as Americans have the right to express ourselves, especially if you're being respectful. I'm being respectful. I just asked a simple question, really. Did I, let's get right down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. Why are we not looking into those things if we're going to talk about it? Why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say I can realistically look at it. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Well, there's nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about it. We're going to make that a major deal. I just think it's kind of two standards. And if we apply the same standard and we're going to be reasonable with each other, let's have a discussion. That's all it was. Let's have a discussion. We're Americans. Let's talk it through. I'm for, I'm for us, you know, having a great opportunity to have a fulfilled life. Uh, like I said, every, way, every which way I can, when I'm here, it's about love and respect. I... I love this guy. <laughs> I mean, we saw the riots. We saw them all over the place. We saw the fires. There were no fires on January 6th. He is correct. And they're fining him $100,000. $100,000. Oh, they're going to write the check to the uh, Capitol Police Memorial Fund. You see, again, they're hiding behind cops. They're using cops. Using cops. Talk about the commanders for a moment. The commanders, right? This is the team in Washington, the Washington commanders. This is the same outfit that uh, it took them about a, two years to get up the gumption, the bravery to pick a name, right? They're the ones who call themselves the, the Washington Football Club. Yeah, they, they were the generic team for a while. Well, who needs these people? My message to Jack Del Rio, please, sir. You're too good for this team. You are too good for the NFL. Walk away from them. That's not quitting. That's tossing aside losers. I'd like to see this guy in Congress. I'd like to see him in the U.S. Senate. Who knows? But, sir, please do not write that check, okay? You want to make a donation to them later, unpublicized, whatever. Do not, sir, under these circumstances. I wish you the best. All right. Michelle Obama is uh, still unhappy, still looking down on us and uh, putting out a fairly, I think, tone deaf message about fighting for abortion rights. Right after Justice Kavanaugh has been threatened, she comes out with a deceptive message. You know, she's all angry and she says, uh, let's be clear, this potential decision would be the culmination of a decades long strategy to take away a woman's right to make decisions about her own health. Talking about that draft Roe v. Wade decision. Oh, by the way, we're not talking about women's health, we're talking about the babies. We have to double down, she says. Get even more organized and join the activists who've been doing this work 
away from the spotlight for so long. Well, the activists have been out in the spotlight in front of Amy Coney Barrett's house. They are harassing her. They are harassing Amy Coney Barrett's children. Uh, the address, the school where the kids go to school is online. Anybody can find out, just like they found out where Kavanaugh's house was. And they're all out there like lunatics making noise. It's unbelievable that the police have not found a reason to get rid of these guys. Disturbing the peace, anybody? Hello? And oh, by the way, it is against federal law to parade like this in front of the house of a federal judge. This kind of tolerance has led to uh, a near miss. That 28-year-old from California with all kinds of weapons in his uh, knapsack, that was pretty dangerous. You know, it's interesting. In America these days, big tech will come after us for just having opinions online and give us all kinds of warnings. You've seen it. If you say the wrong thing online, you're kicked off. But they'll leave the address of a Supreme Court justice online. The Babylon Bee, hateful conduct. There was nothing hateful. It goes on and on and on like this. Just go through them. Uh, oh, it uh, post media depicting gratuitous gore. Hello, give me a break. Remove for violence or dangerous organizations. You know, uh, it, by whose standards? It goes on and on and on like this. Hey, they even did it to me. I was censored online when I put up a, I made an observation about Bill de Blasio, the failed mayor in New York City. I thought he was terrible. And they said, this has no basis in fact. It was my opinion. It was my opinion. And I was right, by the way. And I fought like hell and I got it back up online. You see, they're hassling us. But Justice Kavanaugh's home address is online, maybe that should be removed from the internet. Maybe they should be looking for that with the same aggressiveness that they're coming after uh, me. And how about Chuck Schumer? Has the FBI or the US Marshals or somebody had a talk with this guy? Because he should not be allowed into government buildings by these standards when he says this. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. <laughs> He's got to be put on some sort of watch list. Uh, sorry. All right. The hearings last night. I hope you didn't watch him. I did. And I did it for you. <laughs> I did it for, well, I was curious and I was not impressed. First of all, it was nothing we haven't heard before. I mean, nothing. This was uh, not impressive. And in prime time, they didn't move the needle. A couple of things, though. Uh, this is Benny Thompson. He talked about his Mississippi roots for a half hour, bored everybody. Watch this. Donald Trump was at the center of this conspiracy. And ultimately, Donald Trump, the president of the United States, spurred a mob of domestic enemies of the Constitution to march down the Capitol and subvert American democracy. All right, I've been hearing that for the last year and a half. You know what I mean by nothing new? But there was something unusual about the way he was talking. He was looking right at the camera. I mean, straight ahead. Now, he doesn't normally talk like that. Here he is, uh, not too long ago, in another hearing. You notice he's heads down. He's reading from notes. You know, looks up every now and then, but he's reading down. I noticed the same thing with um, Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney, normally, when she's reading, you know, at a, one of these committee hearings, she's heads down, reading from her notes. But last night, she was looking straight ahead. 
I mean, I'm like, wow, did she suddenly become this gifted speaker? What's going on here? No notes? Teleprompter. They hired or rented a uh, great big teleprompter. I mean, a gigantic one. And uh, it was set up there, and they had their little fake scripts for them to read, and they read away. I thought that was, um, I don't know, that's our taxpayer money going to this, this silly production of theirs. All right. Liz Cheney, again, I said this is old stuff, but um, very dishonest and very disingenuous. Take a look. On this point, there is no room for debate. Those who invaded our Capitol and battled law enforcement for hours were motivated by what President Trump had told them, that the election was stolen and that he was the rightful president. President Trump summoned the mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. All right, she's been saying that for a year and a half. Number one, I don't agree with any of that. Um, also, remember, they were saying about Trump that he stole the election in 2016. They did that for four years. She's just trying to, I don't know, avenge her father. Dick Cheney might go down in history as one of the worst vice presidents ever. I mean, this guy was like Darth Vader, unpopular. And interestingly, Trump has now elevated somehow. Liz Cheney and her anti-Trump posture has elevated the Cheney, Cheney brand for the mainstream media. Uh, those cops that we saw last summer, you know, they found the six cops or four cops who really hated Trump and let them speak. All right, they were in the front row. We didn't hear from them today. They brought in a new cop. Her name was Caroline Edwards. Um, and this is their cynical move here. They think, you know, well, we'll bring in cops. They can't attack cops. Well, we'll bring in a, an attractive blonde. I mean, it's a woman. They can't, we actually can. And it's your fault, the Democrats who are exploiting these folks. I don't think this young woman joined the police department to one day testify, but she's been co-opted and possibly seduced by, by those corrupt power brokers in Congress. So I was very disappointed in her, not impressed. She went along with it. I know a lot of cops aren't going along with it, but she did. I had been called names before, but never had my patriotism or duty been called into question. I, who got up every day, no matter how early the hour or how late I got in the night before, to put on my uniform and to protect America's symbol of democracy. I, who spent countless hours in the baking sun and freezing snow to make sure that America's elected officials were able to do their job. I, whose literal blood, sweat, and tears were shed that day defending the building that I spent countless holidays and weekends working in. Uh, she comes off like somebody with a chip on her shoulder, this self-aggrandizing, you know, I worked holidays, weekends. Yeah, well, you had a job to do. Yeah, you got paid. Um, and you're being used. You're being used right now. And her tale of woe continued. I was called a lot of things on January 6, 2021 and the days thereafter. I was called Nancy Pelosi's dog, called incompetent, called a hero, and a villain. I was called a traitor to my country, my oath, and my constitution. You should see what happens to me when I walk down the street in New York City. Uh, I'm sorry you are called names, but this happens particularly in your line of work. 
Ask officers who work elsewhere, anywhere. Ask this guy. This is even before 2020. This is all the way back in 2014 after Ferguson. Ask uh, this guy and thousands, hundreds of thousands just like him. This is what the job is. This is what the people you're talking to, Benny Thompson and the rest, these are the conditions they created. Blame them. And again, the tale of woe. We started grappling over the bike racks. Um, I felt the bike rack come on top of my head and I was pushed backwards and my foot caught the stair behind me and I, uh, my chin hit the handrail and then I, at that point I had blacked out but my, um, the back of my head clipped the concrete stairs behind me. Okay, in other words, you fell, you had a fall, gotcha. That's a line of duty injury as well. A couple of hundred yards from you, Ashley Babbitt was being dragged backwards out of the Capitol as she was bleeding out, shot by one of your fellow officers, even though she was unarmed, posed no threat to anyone, okay? But you bumped your head. Got it, got it. What else happened to you? And so I looked back to see what had hit him, what had happened, and that's when I got sprayed in the eyes as well. Um, I was taken to be decontaminated by another officer, um, but we didn't get the chance because we were then tear gassed. Tear gassed uh, by your own guys, by the way. The police were using the tear gas. Okay, talk about making a federal case out of something, a federal case, because coast to coast, what are we seeing? Cops being killed in the line of duty and the numbers are shockingly increasing. These are incredible, these are real problems. Not what you're talking about. Police on the streets getting attacked. Not a year and a half ago, today, yesterday, tomorrow, it's happening. This guy with a fire extinguisher in his head. Where have the congressional hearings been on this? All these people reacting to the fake news that cops pose a threat to black and brown lives, which is a lie. And so many of these officers are, oh, by the way, black and brown. Always look though, mainstream, they don't understand that. They don't understand that. <sighs> All right. Wrapping up with uh, Miss Edwards, because she doesn't seem to be on duty right now. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that as a police officer, as a law enforcement officer, I would find myself in the middle of a battle. You know, I'm, I'm trained to detain, you know, a couple of subjects and, and handle, you know, handle a crowd, but I'm, I'm not combat trained. And that day, it was just hours of hand-to-hand -hand combat, hours of dealing with things that were way beyond any, any a law enforcement officer has ever trained for. Really? After, um, after Black Lives Matter summer? <laughs> you never got ready for a riot? You have all that riot gear, I noticed. I mean, this is heavy-duty stuff. We spent a lot of money on this stuff. Weren't you trained in it? Didn't you practice with it? Okay, you've got your, uh, your issues about January 6th. The issue should be directed at your management, at Nancy Pelosi. Why did they all get through like this?
<laughs> Why did this happen? It should not have happened. We all saw it. You and a couple of bike racks. That's all that was there. Perimeter security. And we know how to do it. We know how to do it. Actually, Donald Trump and the Pentagon know how to do it. Remember, in the heart of Black Lives Matter, they put out these guys in front of the Lincoln Memorial. The Lincoln Memorial was not uh, penetrated that day because, uh, well, they were there. But the optics, the optics were so unpleasant. Even Joe Biden said, oh, this is somehow racist. He said that. This is racist, what we did. Um, and after the clearing of the Lafayette Park, calling out the National Guard on January 6th by the Trump administration, that was not an option. They would have called that a coup. All right, wrapping up all of this, um, we heard from Bill Barr last night in the video presentation. Interesting thing about his demeanor, as he said, hmm, no evidence, no evidence whatsoever, no specific evidence of voter fraud. I've had, I had three discussions with the president that I can recall. One was on November 23rd, one was on December 1st, and one was on December 14th. And I've been through sort of the give and take of those discussions. And in that context, I made it clear I did not agree with the idea of saying the election was stolen and putting out this stuff, which I told the president was bull****. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to be a part of it, and that's one of the reasons that went into me deciding to leave when I did. I observed, uh, I think it was on December 1st, that, you know, how can we, you can't live in a world where, where the incumbent administration stays in power based on its view, unsupported by specific evidence, that the election, that there was fraud in the election. Unsupported by specific evidence that there was fraud in the election. Specific evidence, specific evidence. Well, his demeanor is one of a, a checked out individual. Like, don't bother me, it's not my problem. But back when he had the job, when he was attorney general, he was understandably alarmed at what was happening in the country in the months before the election. The potential for fraud was there. Did it suddenly just go away? Listen to how he put it. So far, we haven't seen widespread fraud. But so far, we haven't tried it. Well, and the point is that a lot of us, uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican well, state. Well, this like is Utah. playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government, and people trying to change the rules to this, to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous, and the people are playing with fire. Wow. I think he was right. <laughs> reckless and dangerous. As a matter of logic, there had to be fraud. As a matter of logic. I don't know what got into him. I don't know why he's not looking. But in my heart of hearts, I know it's there. All right. Stay with us, folks. More on last night, if you don't mind. Harry Dunn. Remember, big Harry Dunn had a front row seat. We'll have something to say about that. Be right back.
Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it, and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more, and start listening today. All, All I, I can, can say, say is, is that, that the fake, fake news just, just doesn't, doesn't get, get it, do they? And the fake news, they love that silly hearing last night. One more, th- a couple of more things real quick. They had some filmmaker I had never heard of uh, testifying for some reason. And uh, his name was uh, Quest, Quest, Quested, Quested. Documentarian, had some stuff to say. Not particularly significant what he said last night, but uh, listen for a moment if you don't mind. D.C. was much more um, busy than it had been any other time we'd been here because we couldn't get into the hotels we wanted to. And we um, ended up at a hotel that, you know, was not as satisfactory as we would hoped. I guess he's a Brit. Uh, Had a few observations. He was with the Proud Boys. He was watching the Proud Boys. Didn't seem particularly significant uh, what he had to say. However, something he posted online a few months ago, actually, uh, sorry, a year and a half ago, very significant from him. Take a look at this on Instagram. The Proud Boys were organized and together. How many police were there at 11.22 a.m. on the steps of the Capitol? I count one. This is a deliberate act. Someone in authority left the door open and the mob walked in. This is the first time I hear fight for Trump. Where does it go now? All right. But how about that? How about that? Now, of course, because they didn't want to hear that, he wasn't asked about it. And the Republicans are in cahoots with the Democrats. But that's pretty significant, don't you think? And he was right there and he's not asked it. Now, who was also there? The cops from last summer. Remember these guys? Um, they The only cops you could find in practically the whole country who who really hate Donald Trump. And they were in the front row. They gave him front row seats. They didn't speak, but they got front row seats. There they all are, Fanon, Hodges, uh, Gunnell, and Dunn. Now let's talk about Dunn for a moment. By the way, I'm sorry. He works on Capitol Hill. He's there for a hearing at night, and he's wearing a T-shirt? I mean, he's wearing a T-shirt with a big chain. I think the Capitol Police have a dress code for this kind of stuff. I don't want to be nitpicky, but for a guy who goes on TV all the time, he's an active duty Capitol Hill cop. He goes on television, on MSNBC, CBS, CNN to make partisan political points. This guy, this mentality is destroying, further destroying the Capitol Hill Police. And oh, by the way, I think he's hanging out with Joe Biden. And here's why. He gave uh, Caroline Edwards... uh, I don't know, a bit of a snuggle there, encouraging her. I'm not sure if she's too comfortable with this. It reminded me of somebody else, Joe Biden, right? I mean, you know, back off, all right? She's a co-worker. You're not supposed to do that. Speaking of Biden, uh, his son, Hunter, Hunter says that Joe worships him. Hunter says, had said it out loud, that Joe Biden worships him and will do anything he says. This came from the laptop. We got it from... uh, the Marco Polo uh, Foundation, they're fantastic people. We played it last night, but we didn't have the words to go with the audio. We fixed that. Take a look. The man I most admire in the world 
that God to me mm. thinks I'm a God. Mm. And my brother did too. Mm. And the three of us, it was literally, I had the support to know I can do anything. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, <laughs> you can't do anything. He tried. Oh boy, he tried. There's more. He'll talk about um, anything that I want him to, that he believes in. If I say this is important to me, mm. then he will work a way in which to make it a part of his, of his platform. My dad respects me more than he respects anyone in the world, and I know that to be certain. Okay, that's that kind of boasting. Uh, we're so uh, grateful for the Marco Polo uh, nonprofit research group. They uncovered this audio on the backup file of Hunter's iPhone on his laptop. It's, it's startling stuff. Okay, stay with us. We've got a few more topics to cover, including... This guy, a congressman, former congressman named Michael Myers, he was nailed in ab scam. Remember the ab scam scandal? Well, he's still scandal plagued and he got caught doing something they tell us never happens. He was stealing votes. He was stealing votes and bribing people. He's going to jail for it. And it happened in Pennsylvania. Be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. There's no widespread voter fraud. False and unverified claims about voter fraud in the 2020 election. That there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Continues to push baseless claims of voter fraud. No credible evidence whatsoever of vast voter fraud. Baseless, no evidence, it's been debunked. They love saying that. You know what? It doesn't have to be that widespread to influence the results of an entire election. And it does happen, even in the critical state of Pennsylvania, it happens. Uh, this guy, he's Michael Ozzie Myers, former congressman. He was busted in the ab scam scandal. Remember that whole thing? Yeah, he went down and uh, he's going down again because he's become a political operative. He's in his 80s now. And uh, let's see here during the, this, granted, this was in the 2014, 2018 uh, cycle or elections between that and that time period, bribed the judge to add votes for a Democratic candidate and stuffed ballot boxes for Democrat candidates. Yes, and this has resulted in former aides pleaded guilty to uh, bribery, obstruction of justice, falsification of voting records. It goes on and on and on. Now, we mentioned uh, Abscam. It's true. Do you remember that? The, uh, the hidden cameras, and they, they nailed a lot of congressmen, including uh, our guy here, Michael Ozzie Myers, did not learn his lesson. What a shame. All right, stay with us. We'll be back with perhaps the next senator from Nevada. His name is Laxalt. Does that ring a bell? Laxalt. Stay with us. Today, I'd like to speak about my top economic priority, fighting inflation. I understand Americans are anxious, and they're anxious for good reason. I was raised in a household when the price of gasoline rose precipitously. It was the discussion at the table. It made a difference when food prices went up. But we've never seen anything like Putin's tax on both food and gas. Joe passing the buck and making up a story about his childhood. Classic Joe Biden. We'd like to bring in our Friday panel. We have Craig Shirley, presidential historian, author, 
His most recent book, April 1945, The Hinge of History, and Christopher Nixon Cox, uh, CEO of a private equity firm investing in biotech companies and uh, happens to be one of the smartest guys we know. And he's also the grandson of President Richard Nixon. Welcome to you both. First, Joe, Bi- uh, Joe Biden's little story there. Um, Craig, it's fake because we have looked it up and it seems like it doesn't make sense. The price of gas went nine cents. It changed nine cents from the time he was born to the time he went to college. Yeah. Typical Joe Biden making stuff up. He belongs in the Guinness Book of World Records for lies, for lies by an American president. The truth is not in him. It never has been in him. He's made up this story. He keeps reciting it. I think, you know, uh, you know, because he has nothing else to say is that he's caused the inflation. He's caused all the problems that are afflicting America. And he has nothing to do. And like a, like a, a real man would take responsibility for his actions. But he keeps blaming Putin. He keeps blaming Trump. He keeps blaming somebody else. And that's why he's at 33 percent approval and rating and falling. Greg, I guarantee you by by this fall, he will be in the 20s as far as his approval rating. Right before the election, he'll be in the 20s. It's it's weird. He almost doesn't seem to mind. Christopher Nixon Cox, we saw that editorial he wrote op ed in The Wall Street Journal. A fourth grader could have written it. What what, what do you make of his anti-inflationary efforts? Well, I mean, really calling it a Putin tax is just a distraction from the abysmal economic record that this administration and the Democrats in Congress have had. And I think that when you control all all levers of power in Washington, when you have control of the Congress and control of the White House, and inflation took off, you know, during your first few months in office, who else is there to blame but your administration? And I think that when you have regulations that kill growth, when you have spending that's out of control— that's going to cause inflation. And then you have taxes that are just going up and up and up. You have a recipe for economic disaster. That's what's really going on here. To try and pin the blame on everyone other than his administration is just passing the buck. And that's not what this administration was hired to do. And I think that we really need a strong Republican Congress to check this administration so that we can have lower taxes, rein in spending, and we can get our economy growing again in a way that makes sense. And that's only going to happen when Republicans take power. And thank goodness we saw that the voters, even in liberal San Francisco, (laughs) realized that this Democrat agenda is not for anyone. That was wild. Yes. Chesa Boudin, goodbye and good luck. Not so much. He's uh, he's gone and it's a great sign for things to come. Hey, this disturbed me greatly and it actually just happened today. It's been developing during the week. Jack Del Rio, not exactly a household name, football name, but he's a prominent uh, force in the football world. And he is in huge trouble for saying this. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Well, there's nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about it. We're going to make that a major deal. I just think it's kind of two standards. And if we apply the same standard and we're going to be reasonable with each other, let's have a discussion. That's all it was. Let's have a discussion. We're Americans. Let's talk it through. I'm for I'm for us you know, having a great opportunity to have a fulfilled life. Um, like I said, every way, every which way I can, when I'm here, it's about love and respect. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was true. 
He was yes. fined $100,000 for that. He may lose his job. And uh, the NAACP is clamoring for his termination. Craig, this is kind of scary to me. That was a legitimate is, opinion, is, and he's being canceled, attempted cancellation. We're into dangerous ground now, Greg. This is right out of 1984. If you don't speak the way we speak, we'll, we'll destroy you. We'll put you in room 101. We'll fine you. We'll discipline you. The better part of valor for Jack Del Rio, who is a good guy and a good coach, is to walk away from the Washington Redskins. Danny Snyder has always been a loser. Uh, the new coach that they've had for years now is not even new coach has always been a loser. As long as he's been with the Redskins, he needs to walk away. He needs to write a book. He needs to get on the lecture circuit. He needs to run for Congress because he represents something that we all agree with. The NFL is, is insignificant in this debate. He is significant. He's, he's putting down a spike, a, 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 a marker for all of us as a guidepost. Appreciate it so much. Hey, very quickly, I have to show you this. It came to light that Chuck Schumer, I missed it when it happened. The way he talked about Kavanaugh, this is in 2020. Listen to this. It's shocking what he said and how he said it. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. You know, Christopher Nixon Cox, they said that uh, your grandfather could be a tough guy and partisan. And, uh, you know, I, they gave him a hard time. Never in a million years did he say anything like that in public. No. And I find that astonishing that he's still a, a, a hero on the left. Well, I mean, really, that was, you know, that was a call to, to go after someone. That was like a call to arms almost. And I think that when you talk about speech that's appropriate and not appropriate, I mean, the one thing that the Constitution says is you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. You can't point to someone with a mob and say, go after that person. So, you know, I think that the left really needs to look into what they consider free speech and what they don't, because the lines are getting so blurred now uh, that it's just getting out of control and it's very, very dangerous for our country. And I really fear for what's happening in our academic universities, because that's where free speech is certainly being extinguished. And we, this needs to be stopped immediately. Christopher Nixon Cox, thank you. And Craig Shirley, thank you. To be continued, we'll be right back. We've all learned that when the going gets tough, some Republicans just run for the hills. As president, I learned who to count on in the fight to save our great country. And there's no one more trustworthy in Nevada than Adam Laxalt. He served our country in Iraq, and he was one of the toughest AGs in all of America. Adam Laxalt always puts America first and has my complete and total endorsement. Hey, that is one hell of an endorsement. And Adam Laxalt joins us right now. Republican of Nevada. He is seeking uh, the United States Senate seat. And uh, welcome, sir. Uh, congratulations on that endorsement. How are you? Well, you're getting me live from the trail, but uh, things are going great. We just did a rally in northern Nevada with Don Jr., and we're about to do one in Las Vegas, but we're closing the campaign strong. Incredible enthusiasm out here. People understand that we need a change. They understand this administration has failed us every single day for the last 18 months. And Senator Masto is the most vulnerable senator in America, and we plan on beating her in November. What's wrong with her? Instead of the, uh, in addition to the obvious, make the case against her, if you would, please. 
Look, uh, we have the high, second highest gas prices in America, highest for our state ever. We are at $6 in Reno, Nevada, almost $6 in Las Vegas. She supported the Biden administration all the way through those terrible policy decisions. She has been a person that's gone against our police, even though she was a former top law enforcement officer. I was a former top cop as AG. They've all endorsed me because they understood that when they needed support, we were there with them and we will be there supporting law enforcement on behalf of Nevada in, in the U.S. Senate. And so, you know, the border, she has one of the worst open border records in the U.S. Senate. And that is absolutely crushing our state. And so, Greg, I can go on and on. Uh, but the bottom line is she votes with Joe Biden 97 percent of the time, a guy that is at 32 percent in the state of Nevada right now. You were in Iraq uh, as a Navy lawyer. Tell us, please, a little bit about that experience. Yeah, look, I served. Uh, there was about 10,000 of us that, that volunteered at the time. It was 2006 when uh, they're looking for volunteers. And uh, I went over and did detainee operations. And it was a tough time to do detainee operations. Over 20,000 terrorists we had under our watch. And, uh, you, know, we, we, you know, we did our best. I was there during the surge and, um, you know, you know, obviously uh, it was it was a tough conflict for us. And, um, you know, thank, thank God we're out of Iraq now. And thank God that we're, uh, you know, trying to focus on domestic policy. Obviously, President Biden continues to try to distract from his terrible record, especially his foreign policy record. But I do think it gives the American public and Nevada voters a great contrast. We know what America was like under President Trump in 2019 and 2020. Everything has changed. Everything has gone in the wrong direction. And that's why voters have such a clear choice in 2022. The primary is June 14th. Uh, let's see. The general election is November 8th. And with that Trump endorsement, you are looks like you're going to take that primary quite uh, quite handily. Hey, is there anything else? Is there, a, is there a pet project? Is there a pet peeve of yours that you'd like to take care of once you get to the United States Senate? We know the big issues. We know you're going to be fighting for them. Is there anything a little bit off the beaten track that yeah. you want to focus on? Look, I think that two things that I bring to the Senate are being a former top cop. You know, we need people in the Senate that understand law enforcement, are willing to fight against this leftist false narrative that BLM started. And I'm also incredibly upset with what they're doing to our military. And I hope that we can really hold General Milley and Austin, hold these people accountable and start getting our military back to war fighting instead of this insane woke culture that they're fostering right now. AdamLaxalt.com. And yes, it's the same Laxalt that uh, Ronald Reagan knew and loved so much. Hey, 10 seconds. I heard a rumor that Nancy Reagan actually wanted your grandfather to succeed him as president. Is that true? He was he was the number one choice in America. Be a different place if we had a conservative picked for vice president in 1980. Wow. That, that really, everything would have been different. Everything. Ooh, it's amazing how history works. Good luck, Mr. Laxalt, to be continued. They won't give you the facts. They don't tell the truth. Their bias is incredible. Now millions are turning to Eric Bowling, The Balance, to get the real story. Watch him on Newsmax.